me a second. I think I've even got the sunnies still on. <laughs> it was a busy afternoon. How you all going? Do you know what I love about church? Is I love the uniqueness and the talent and just all, all the differences that make us all up. Do you agree? Isn't that one of the most wonderful things about church? I know it's one of the most awful things about church sometimes too because of all the differences and all, all the things we don't quite get about somebody. But you know what? God has given us all gifts and talents, hasn't he? Yes? So I'm going to start. We're going to turn to 1 Timothy 4. So 1 Timothy 4.12, we're going to start it, which is Paul writing to Timothy. And it says, don't, look any, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Tonight, I just want to talk to you about valuing your gift. Now, God has given us a whole range of gifts and a whole diversity in this room, as you can imagine. Um, we have a music team, all with wonderful musical talents, don't they? Yeah? We've got preachers, we've got teachers, we've got servers, we've got hospitality people. And generally, you do really well in some, and then we don't do so well in others. And that's okay, because that's the way God made us. Isn't that right? Yep. So our church has a multitude, and the, the gifts are for purposes of growing our families. God's given us gifts just to be parents. You agree? Yeah. To impact our communities and to make a difference for the kingdom of God. And they're really the three areas that we use our gifts for. God uses our gifts to help us grow our families, to help us impact our communities and make a difference, but to make a difference also for the kingdom of God. We all understand the differences, but do we understand the value that each difference has, that each gift has? And more importantly, do you understand the value or do you value the gift that God has given to you is what I want to ask you tonight. Because too often we can look at somebody and go, oh, I love what they can do. I wish I could do that. Oh, I love what this person can do. Gee, I wish I could do that. I want to be like Pastor Malcolm, you know? I want to be like Jeffa who can jump around and play the bass. But you know what? Do we value the very thing that God gave us to do? That's my question to you. Bill Johnson quotes this. If we truly valued the gift God had placed inside of us, we would never compare ourselves to others. Isn't that awesome? I want to say that again. If we truly valued the gift that was inside you, you wouldn't compare yourself to others. Take a minute. There is enough work to be done in the kingdom of God without us having to fight for positions, without us having to fight for giftings or talents. There is enough to do. So I want to have a look at a couple of things. So first of all, I want to look at value and what we value. How do you value something? Obviously, the world has a value system. It's quite clear in some areas and very grey in others. So the world's value system. Society values 
are not God's values. Would we agree? They believe in success. Not that, not that there's anything wrong with success. Fulfillment. These are the top couple of things that, that the world would define as, as their values. Fulfillment, health, position, truth, in whichever form they choose to make that, not necessarily gospel truth, but their own truth. Wealth, personal desires, wants and goals. Society says that we can subscribe to whatever value to something that we feel comfortable with. Isn't that right? We can put a value on something. If we feel comfortable with that, then that's the value. We value diamonds. We value minerals. We value life. An endangered species. Do you know an endangered species? If you kill, keep, trade or disturb their land... There's about a $100,000 fine. This is society's value on, on endangered species. Yet, we will abort babies from the upcoming generation. That's society's values. We've got this value system where an endangered species, they will jump up and down about it, but yet you can abort a baby and be charged with nothing. So this, that's the reality of where, of where we are and where we're living. Do you know in 2018, in November, Down syndrome people applied to go on the endangered species list? Does that shock you? That's shocking. That you have to go on the endangered species list to not be taken out. I couldn't believe that. Very daunting what our society values. God's values, let's have a look at those. God looks at how we serve others. He looks at honouring relationships. He who finds a good wife finds a good thing. Far above rubies, they say. Isn't that right? He looks at our heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7, when he's talking about David. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He looks at how we treat the afflicted and the poor. He looks at our willingness to build others up and encourage them along the way and not tear them down in their successes. He values our desire to please him and to see his kingdom extended. In, um, in Proverbs, you'll see different sections, the value of wisdom, the value of a good name, the value of a good friend. Isn't it good to have good friends? There's lots of them in this church. Value of diligence. God looks for kindness, not revenge. Whatever you attract, whatever you value. Was my comment there? You get that? You attract whatever you value. So that's, that gives you a brief outline as to the differences, obviously, between society. And we're very aware of that. That's very in our face a lot of the time. We have a system that society says is how we should value something. And if you were to take your gift and measure it up against society's ideas, it wouldn't look too pretty. But if you were to take the gift that God has within you and measure it up against his ideas, it would look very different, wouldn't it? Let's have a look at giftings. See, gifting is your ability. 
So first of all, there's, with your gifting, usually there's an awareness of what you're good at. You know, your talents. Maybe God has a word for you. Then there's the development, the shaping and the discipline and learning the skills that are involved with that. And then there's the working out or, or the results that come from your gifting. Do you want to have a look? Let's have a look at David. David in 1 Samuel 16. We'll just turn there. We'll do a little reading on some of his life. So 1 Samuel 16:10. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons that you have? He goes, no, there's still the youngest one, Jesse answered, and he's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Then Samuel went on to Ramah. What happened after Samuel was anointed? Does anyone know? You know what he did? He went back to serving the sheep. Here he was anointed to be king. The gift... God made him aware of the gift that was going to be on him as, as a kingship. And then so he's anointed with this oil and then he goes back out and he's, he's tending to the flock. So that was his awakening moment or his awareness a moment. Then he goes back to the wilderness to look after these sheep and that's where he goes into this development stage. He was made aware of what his future held but what was he going to do while he was waiting for that to happen? David didn't appear back before Saul until they needed a harp player and a good one. A good harp player. Can you believe that? That's what brought David into the palace. Have any, any good harp players here? EJ? Yeah. So in that time, he had spent, obviously, time because he became a warrior. He'd spent time working on his skills, obviously working on his musical ability I'll give you a list of some of the things that it says that, that um, when he came back before Saul, uh, if you 1 Samuel was still there, so 1 Samuel 16, 14, it lists the list of his gifts. So he played the harp well, or the lair well. He was a brave person. He was a warrior. He spoke well. He was strong and good looking. Ooh, wasn't that a good one? But most importantly, God was with him. So during that time that he had, knowing what God had for him, he invested that time wisely. He invested in the disciplines of, of getting better at the skills that he would need. I mean, there's not much to do with sheep around, is there? In your awareness, it's like the promise season, where God gives you a promise. You know, we all get those promises. Yep. Then we have a development process, the skilling, the practice and the persistence, the pain and the torture. That's like a faithfulness season, a season where you've, you've got to continue just being faithful. And then the gifting in action was his reaping season. Sometimes this is actually the hardest season if you haven't prepared for it especially. You see the greatest reward but you can also see the greatest opposition. 
But note that God's Holy Spirit was with him through every process. He was there at the beginning. He was there through the developing. And he was there at the end. I like, I like the part where he goes to put on the armour of God to fight Goliath. And, and Saul says, here, take on my armour, take on my armour. You remember, Saul was king and David was going to be a king. Just because he was going to be a king didn't mean he was going to be clothed in the same armour as what King Saul was. So even though people have similar giftings to you, it's generally clothed differently. It's generally expressed differently. So you might have two musicians, very talented, but their expression can be completely different. Now I've gone from everywhere to everywhere. So my question, I want you to take a minute and just think about some of the gifts that you think God's placed on your life. Some of those things that he's hidden in your heart or that you've hidden in your heart as you've grown up or, or the, through the processes of life. I just want you to take a minute and just have a think. My question to you is, do you value them? Not do your family value them or do your work colleagues value them, but do you value them? How do you know if you value your gift? What are some of the criterias to whether you actually are someone who would value the gift? I'm going to give you three points here. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. Questions if you value your gift that you'll answer to. Is it a priority in my life is the first one. I'm going to hit the music stream just so that I can answer and go through some of these. But I want you to relay it to the gift that you believe God's got in you, whether that's as a counsellor, as a sharer, as someone who serves, hum you know, humbly serves in the church, as a parent, as a husband, as a wife. Do I make time to practice or develop my gift? Is that making it a priority? Do I make room for this gift in my life by removing those things that are holding me back? So for us as a muso, it would be things that would hold us back like from practicing or coming to band practice and different things like that. Do I only use my gift when I want to, when it's convenient? Or is it a priority? And it gets, it gets placed in the highest position. Is it only used on my terms? Do you remember, well, it was many years ago. I'm trying to think of how many years ago. Maybe oh, 10 years ago. We're on our way to church and um, I'm driving. Jeffrey was in the car and we had the little kids. Jeffrey goes, oh, do you mind just dropping me off at the hospital? I'm coming in to worship lead and... He just goes, oh, do you mind just dropping me off at the hospital on your way to music practice? I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. His heart wasn't feeling really good. So I dropped him off. He went into the ICU. I came and I worship led. And then I went back and picked him up and sat up at the ICU. Gifts can be a little inconvenient. And while the priority, I still had a responsibility to be here. Um, he was going to be okay. I knew that. He wasn't dying on me, but... Still, you know what I mean? These things, they just come up. You, you go to come to church as a muso and something happens and by the time you get here, wow, you've run over the cat, you hit the dog on the way out. 
And some of, some of you, blisters on your fingers, all sorts of things. These are those things that we have to push through and continue. If we value our gift, we will. Are we dedicated to learning and developing and shaping and sharpening our talents? So having lessons or coming along someone to give us some godly feedback. Make sure it's godly. The second thing you'll be able to tell is if you value your gift is if you invest in it. Do you invest financially in it? For obviously for musicians, that's, that's, you know, that's a whole range of things. That can be from buying a new guitar to pedals. And I'm just talking about the basics. I'm not talking about investing to a point where it's obsessive or anything like that. But it's something you invest in, so you're putting some value on it. Anything that you spend your money on, your tithe that you come and give, money that you spend on your husband or your wife or on your kids, you're actually investing in them and you're valuing them. Am I focused on using my gift? Do I pray and ask God for wisdom? Does it cost me something? I'm all for balance. I believe that you do need balance. But you don't have to love what you do every time you do it. You don't have to love your gift. Every time Pastor Malcolm gets up here to speak, I'm sure he may not love it every time. I can tell you when I get up and play the piano every Sunday... There are times where I'm like, oh, I don't know why you've got me up here, God. Thinking, surely there's got to be somebody better. <laughs> you play a wrong note, you go, okay, Lord, that's humbling. It's okay. I'm invested. We keep coming back. Do I care what God thinks or what people think? So are you invested? Do you value that gift that you invest in it? You still got your gift in your head? Some of you got a few of them. You know, I don't think God just doesn't give you one. Usually there's a couple. Third point if you're invested, are you using it and sharing it for the benefit of others? This is how the church works, where we all come together and we get to share our gifts and we get to um, offer what God has given to us back to the church, to bring life to the church. Do you speak about it? Do you speak about your gift and, and the things that God's teaching you and, and do you use it for that purpose? Do you serve the church with your gift? The next one. Do you serve your community with your gift? Do you serve your community with your God-given gift? Do you know what would happen if the church served its community? What an impact we would make. If you could find a place where you could use your gift and serve. We see young people being touched all the time by people going in and, and running programs with our chappies. They give up their time for it. They give them breakfast. Do you imagine just coming and giving breakfast to a person? People who don't get to eat. I'm talking 100 kids turn up to some of these brekkie clubs. That's huge. 100 kids not having breakfast. Yet people see the, the need and go, I can meet that. God's given me a gift. I can talk to a young person and share the love of Jesus. 
You know, my mum's 65. I have never met a person who can talk to anybody about Jesus. Uh, she has a gift. <laughs> she can be on a train, a plane. She can be talking to my house cleaner. And she is talking about Jesus. She brings everything back. I've never seen anyone with such an evangelistic gift as her. She's amazing. She'll, she'll very gentle, and then she'll just say, have you thought to pray about that? I just go, you're just incredible. It's, it's just her gift. And she does it, and she loves doing it, and she's done it in the community as she worked and, and um, just went about her day. How simple is it to give your gift to your community? Just to go, hey, have you thought to pray about that? How simple is that to pass a gift on? If your gift is not affecting the way you live or speak, you're not valuing it very highly. If you value your gift, it will impact the way you do life. It will impact the way you treat people. If you value your gift, you'll see the value of the gift in others as well. Let's have a look at the parable of the talents. So we'll go up to Matthew 25, 14. Now understand that this is a scripture about Jesus actually going and coming back. So when we talk about the talents, it's not necessarily in the form I think that we read it in. I'm going to share it a little bit similar to that but, um, and look more at the response of the third party. And my phone won't work. All right, so we have the talents. <laughs> so we've got a, a rich man goes away and he gives one servant five talents, one servant three talents. I think it's three or two. And then the third servant gets one talent. And he goes away and while they're there, they invest. Well, two of them invest and then the third one hides it in the ground. And then he comes back and, and the first one has doubled his money. And in you go, good and faithful servant. Second one comes and he's doubled it as well. Well done, good and faithful servant. And then the third guy comes back and fear struck him. And some of the things that he's actually done is he didn't know his master very well. He could only see his perception of his master's harshness. He didn't see the generosity that had been given to him or the gift that this, this man had bestowed upon him to actually do and invest something with it. He didn't see the bigger picture. He didn't see the actual treasure. He didn't value it. He didn't value what had been given. Then he allowed fear to capture his heart. We've got to be really careful with our gifts, at those ones that we don't want to use, and we've all got them. If you're in this room, you've got a gift that you're probably not using. I've got a few. Not sure where I'll fit them in, but I've got a few. And we've got to not let fear take a hold and, and, and grip us on those things. So for those of us who, especially you young people, as you're still growing and, and finding out what your giftings are and what your talents are, you don't fully understand maybe where it's going to sit or where it's going to, where it's going to go, the first thing you need to know is that your gifting does not require a platform to be effective. 
In fact, a platform can destroy your gift before it even gets started. Don't ever think that you've got to have a platform for your gifting to work. I think it actually works best out there, to be honest. Usually your gift is what's in your hand, what you're good at at the moment. God will reveal those things as you continue to grow and, and as we continue to draw closer to him. And just like the, the servants who double their, their talents, God continues to give to those that are faithful, continues to give more, more talents and, and more abilities to those. For David, what was in his hand was a slingshot and five stones. For Moses, he had a staff. For JL, it was a glass of milk for all you domesticated people. Who knows who JL was? JL was the lady who put the tent peg through the gentleman's head after she gave him a little drink of milk. Do you remember that one? See? God covers everything. Everything from the hospitable to the musician. You can use a glass of milk to do something for the kingdom of God. That's simple. Changed the whole, turned everything around. The second thing you can use is your gifting generally will come out of your testimony. It'll come out of the stuff that you've done in life, the victories that God's given you. Sometimes it's those hard times where, you know, you've had to really push through. Sometimes it's sickness and and God's come out and, and brought you through. Um, it can be anything from divorced families to divorced husbands. It can be family situations. It can be a death in the family. But usually that's another way that God uses us and bestows gifts upon us to use for the church and for the community. If you had someone who's gone through a horrific experience, they're more relatable to then go and share with somebody who's going through a similar experience. Parents, if you're in the room, God's gifted you to value your children You know, one of the most precious things you can do to value your children is to remember that they have an eternal soul. Remember to pray for them. I'm not through yet, so I'm still praying heaps. <laughs> I've still got little ones. I'm not, I haven't got that perfect. But valuing them and not letting the comfort of just the moment overcome for the eternal salvation of your kids. So how's your gift holding up? Sometimes I think we're just a little bit forgetful, maybe a little bit ignorant that maybe, oh, yeah, I'm good at that. Rather than actually taking the moment, I'm hoping that from tonight you'll actually go, you know what? Actually, God, you've given me this gift. I actually think that maybe you want me to do something with it. Maybe I can step out into my community a little bit or it'll give me an opportunity to step out into my community a little bit. It's there for a reason. It's there to impact your family, your church and your community. What God has placed in you is there for a purpose. I love that new song that we're singing, um, the Jeremiah. It's basically Jeremiah, isn't it? I know the plans, your thoughts that you have for me, they're for good. Would you agree that we don't value things well in, in our lives? Here in Australia, we need to get back to that. We need to get back to valuing. Our, our judgment and our, our value system can be, can be so off. You know, there's a man, 
who valued the life of a man for 30 pieces of silver. Then there was 10 others that valued it for their whole life. Men, Jesus, Judas, and all the, and all the, the other scribes and the Pharisees. They traded him out for 30 pieces of silver. That was the value they placed on the man and the God that came to die for us. Yet there was 10. John actually looked after Mary, so he didn't actually pass away due to giving his life for the gospel. But 10 other disciples that valued him enough that they gave their life for him. Do you value the gift that God has given you, your salvation? How do you value that? Do you value it with your life, to live it for him, for all that he's done? He gave it all, held nothing back. How would you value a gift like that? Would you trade it for 30 pieces of silver? Just going to ask Jeff to come. I can't play the piano, so Kate's going to jump back on the piano and I'm going to wrap up. I know that that's not my gift, nor is singing. There's a great point that Kate made about the value that, or the difference in value that Judas and the rest of the disciples put on that gift. And the question that Kate really wanted to pose to you tonight was, well, the first one was, do you value that gift? That gift that Jesus left heaven, came to earth, willingly died on the cross for our salvation. Have you chose to take up that gift? Or are you yet to receive that? Nick, can you just move these out of the road, please, mate? So I want to give you an opportunity tonight. That's the first time you've heard that analogy. That Jesus came and as a gift died on the cross for you. I'm going to give an opportunity to receive that gift. And like the disciples, the rest of the disciples, to live your life and value that gift that Jesus gave. And then for those of you who've been in the church and you, and you know that gift, Kate talked about a whole range of other gifts how we should be using those gifts to serve each other and also serve the community so that we can let others know about the gift of Jesus. So I want you to stand up. I'm going to pray quickly. Dear Jesus, we thank you that You didn't love your life so much. You didn't love that place in heaven so much that you couldn't or wouldn't give it up for us. That you chose to come down to earth. And you chose to bear our punishment and hang on a cross for all the bad things that we've done. So that in the sight of God that we could be made whole and that we could have an eternal life with the Father. We also thank you that you've given us other gifts to the betterment of our church, to build each other up, 
but also to, to go out into the community and bless the community, to help the community, to reach out to the community and lift them up and be your hands and feet and your mouthpiece, your witness to Gladstone, to central Queensland, to Australia and to the rest of the world. We thank you, Jesus. Amen.